The noted poet Mary Oliver was a prolific asker of questions that would prompt deep introspection. In her poem, The Summer Day, she wrote about something to which I was only too happy to respond in The Answered Question. Katie and I face every day with an agenda of things that need to be done. Household chores, errands, handling of finances, appointments, maintenance stuff, and the need for exercise each day. A new date may seem at the outset an empty vessel needing to be filled, but that's rarely the case. As my favorite cartoonist Bill Watterson once observed, the days are just packed. Over recent years, Katie has increasingly spent more time looking through years of accumulated memorabilia. Photos, diaries, newspaper and magazine articles saved because they resonated with her at some earlier time. She reads them all carefully, as though trying to reclaim the earlier sensations which led to their collection. Some of them end up in the recycling bin, but others remain in her files, maybe with hopes that their future discovery will touch our kids or grandkids in the same way that she had once been moved. One such treasure was placed on our bathroom counter where I would be certain to notice it. I recognized the name Mary Oliver, a Pulitzer Prize-winning poet. Curious at this short poem and the fact that I encountered it on the bathroom counter, I read the following. The Summer Day. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done all day? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I felt startled at the directness and immensity of the question. And at first thought, I decided the poem was surely aimed at members of a younger generation, ones who still had the majority of their long lives ahead of them. Time to decide, or at least envision, it seemed to be saying. But upon reflection, I recognized that admonition was as much about looking back as looking forward. Yes, I thought we are all potentially born to be wild, and I still have days ahead to accomplish things about which I still dream. I will carry that gift with me all the way to my end. But I have also come to markers along the way of my life, milestones that even now allow me to answer the question on the basis of where I have been. Just what had I planned to do with my wild and precious life? Well, I hoped that I might meet a girl who would see something in me worthy of love and respect, someone in whom I would fully invest the entirety of my commitment and who would gladly pay me back in kind. I dreamed that she would be pretty and smart and would want to laugh at my antics, however sophomoric. I fantasized that she would profess a faith that she would care about the welfare of others, that she would be a good person, 
I hoped for all of this, and it came to pass. Once I realized the magic of children in our lives, I prayed that Katie and I might be blessed through international adoption. I imagined a household of noisy children, beautiful babies to light up our days and keep us awake at nights, and to shake us to our very core with appreciation for new life and the gift of responsibility for it. I wished for a family that was as centered and loving as my own had been, providing a foundation for children who might change the world in small or big ways on the strength of their character and integrity. Eventually, we shared the audacious reverie of raising not one, but two sets of twins, despite the odds and the obstacles. I hoped fervently for all of this, and it came to pass. I longed for a life filled with forests and streams, lakes, and the curative noises of nature. At a young age, I had been immersed in the scents and sounds of the outdoors, and I readily recognized their importance to my soul. I aspired to a life where those tenets of well-being would never be far from my reach, where the tonic of the wilderness would be part of the defining aspects of who I would be. I trusted that I might share such devotions with those closest to me, needing to teach what I had learned. I hoped longingly for all of this, and it came to pass. Later in life, I sought vocation that would award me something in excess of financial reward. I required work that could allow me to impact others in a more direct way than any corporate endeavor typically could, employee ownership notwithstanding. I needed to be among people whose needs were not defined by accumulation of goods, but by the need to provide, to survive, to actualize their own version of precious life. I believed in the value of all of this, and it too came to pass. I envisioned a life of health and fitness that had eluded me with scorn in my younger years. As I emerged into adulthood, I wanted to be Charles Atlas or Jack LaLanne. I might have missed the opportunity to be an athletic presence in my teen years, but I aspired to it for the rest of my days. I wished to embrace exercise and fitness the way that others latched onto coffee or food. I knew that it was physical dependency to all people, whether we recognized it or not. I feared for ever losing the motivation for fitness in my life. I hoped earnestly for all of this, and it came to pass. Readers of The Summer Day are coaxed to reflect on it, whether from the perspective of youth looking forward or from the vantage point of age peering back. My own answers to the poet's question derive not from feelings of arrogance or victory compared to others. Some simply possess dreams of a very different texture for the future, and others may have experienced a past within a very different context. 
My feelings are birthed in the deepest gratitude I can summon from a posture of undeserved grace and unwarranted blessing. I have no understanding of living a life that has fulfilled my imagination, only an enormous appreciation of it. Mary Oliver may not have had a retrospective in mind when she penned The Summer Day. She may have passionately hoped that readers would ask the question of themselves more proactively than that. But to her question, my responses came quickly, decisively, and with very modest satisfaction. The elements that seemed most precious to me in my life were the things that occupied my time, my energy and my passions. I'm glad for that. As a result, I bear few alibis and even fewer regrets. If, as Oliver queries, everything dies at last and too soon, for me it will be indeed at the end of one wild and precious life.